Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. I'm your announcer, Greg, but here are your hosts, the first from Fanbyte Media. He's the Final Fantasy 14 section head. It's Michael Hyam. Hello, Michael. Hi, Greg. I miss you. you. You having a good day? Uh, yeah, I'm having a great day. Listen, Final Fantasy 14 news dropped. It's prime time and Walker's coming out on Friday. I got a shit ton of work to do, but you know what? I'm here spending an hour on KFGD with y'all fine folks. And then, ladies and gentlemen, he's your main host of the day. He's the OK Beast, a.k.a. the Game Awards Future Class of Gaming 2020, a.k.a. Forbes 30 Under 30 for 2021, Blessing Adioye Jr. I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I got no words. Thanks, Forbes everybody. Cut the for the intro. Forbes cut the check. For, Forbes cut the check. Forbes, I wish they cut the check. Ooh, free rent, baby. Let's go. But yeah, it feels awesome. Thank you guys so much for the intro. And thanks, everybody, for coming through because we have a Discord full of kind of funny members. We got like Greg, Joey, Nick, Raj, uh, uh, Barrett, Mike, and Tim Gettys are in here. And yeah, like, I'm, like, I've been emotional this morning. And I feel like if I start talking about it, I'm going to get more emotional. But like, you know, no, let, let it out. Let it out. I, I, one, I'm speechless because I was not expecting to get 30 under 30. Like I, they they send you the email that you're nominated, right? But like that can mean anything because like tens of thousands of people get nominated each year for Forbes. I was nominated last year as well. Uh, and so I got the email this morning and I was blown away. I wasn't expecting it. But also like, you know, thank you to the audience for the support. Thank you to the kind of funny team, especially because like I mentioned in Discord and I mentioned on Twitter, but like without each of you guys, I would not be here, right? Like it is because of the work and the support of everybody in this Discord call and everybody in the Slack and everybody watching and listening that I was able to to get here. Now I'm sitting alongside Tim Gettys as a Forbes 30 under 30. So my my heart is full right now. And and yeah, like I'm I'm so honored and so humbled right now. Hey, we love you, you Russ, and it's it's, you know, you, it's well deserved, man. You 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 deserve this and so much more. And so we're happy to help you. You know, make your dreams come true here. Kind of funny. Thank you for sharing your talents with us in the community. Of course, appreciate it. Break, how's break going? How's that? How's that going? How's it's good. I wasn't expecting the hard right turn. On <laughs> Break's great. Yeah, it's cool being a dad. I'll talk about it when I get back. Don't worry. For now, this okay. is your moment, man. I love you. Congratulations. Cool. Love you too. Love you too. I mean, I get, the only pivot I have to make is to pivot back into the show. And so, like, before I pivot, does anybody have have anything to say on this topic on the Forbes thirty under thirty? I think Joey wrote a speech for you. Oh, Joey, okay, you have for. It's going through a couple of speechwriters, so I'll have it ready. In oh, okay, time good call. For the holiday party. Don't worry. I, I do have one last thing I want to say uh, over on the kind of funny subreddit um, kind of funny lurker commented on the this news and says 2020 blessing dethrones Greg is the true king of Halloween 2021 blessing takes the title of 30 under 30 from Tim 2022 blessing becomes a successful stand up comedian and is featured in a new documentary Ooh. called the punchline is here. Collecting the shit like it's infinity stone. So y'all have a great show. Congratulations. Hey, blessing. Exactly. Yeah. Love you, bless. Hey, blessing. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, dude, like this, Mike, I was telling you right before the show that like the doc kind of barely came together this morning. Like my hair isn't done. I feel like I'm Listen. still waking up because I woke up, <laughs> saw the news and I've just been on my phone, like, you know, talking to family, getting calls from family, yeah. talking to people yeah. and like, you know, trying to respond to people online. I've not been able to respond to most people, obviously, because like, yeah, I've only had a yeah. few hours this morning. Hey, <laughs> I've had to try and make the doc. It's so. all good. Hey, that, that stuff is important, man. Like when it happens, because you never know when it's going to happen. You got to like enjoy those moments and especially something like this dog, like 
man, this this house got so much clout. The House of Clout here in Daly City, California. Oh my god! Speaking love of love to see it. Speaking of cloud, Michael Hyam, people know you, of course, from hosting E3 this last year with people like Craig Miller and, and, and plenty of other wonderful folks like Jackie Ching and more. But also, Mike, like the, since the last time you've hosted on Kind of Funny Games Daily, you've shifted roles. Before you were at GameSpot, you were GameSpot's Michael Hyam. You were known for doing a lot of good work over there, doing news reporting, doing uh, – you would re- review the Persona 5s and all that stuff. But now you have a new job. You're over there at Fanbyte with Imran Khan and the team. One, how is that? Two, what do you do there? Uh, Fanbyte, Fanbyte's really dope. I think that they've assembled such a such a great team, and that's a credit to a lot of the folks like Danielle Riendo and John Warren, who've like been scouting talent such as myself. But also, like, I get to work with folks like Mike Williams, if y'all know him from U.S. Gamer, uh, and Natalie Flores, who is also a uh, uh, future class from last year. She's been on the show. She's yeah. she's a friend of the show. She's she's our friend and too too. And and the thing about like working with these kinds of people who I've uh, I've met at conventions and I've uh, associated with on Twitter is that when you actually work with them, you learn a lot from them. And I I knew this at Gamespot with working with folks like Lucy James and Tamar Hussein, but you just keep learning new things by just the feedback you get on documents, just having conversations and covering the big things uh, like Final Fantasy 14 alongside these folks who have different perspectives and can express those and have insight uh, that you can pick up on. So I was brought on to cover uh, Final Fantasy 14 specifically. Uh, we're building out a dedicated site called The Link Shell and it's going to be big or it's um, I mean, we're, we're building it up. I don't, I don't, I don't want to gas it up too much because, you know, we're we're still a very small team like fanbite is a very small team we got folks like imran which all y'all know um but it, it takes a lot of work to stay on top of something uh and in addition to the other things like the, my, the one of the first things i did at fanbite was review lost judgment uh because yakuza is also in my wheelhouse and then trying to spin up a whole vertical or a section uh dedicated to final fantasy 14 it's a lot of work uh, especially with the expectations and kind of the vision so many guides. It, uh, Final Fantasy XIV being an MMORPG, it's, uh, it is a very complex game. It is a huge game. And just having uh, two, three people uh, covering it still is, uh, you know, it's still a challenge. But uh, this is something that we know inside and out. So it makes, it makes the job a lot more fun. And also, yo, my bank account's real happy. So, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, you got that fan by Imran Khan money. You got you to gotta love it. <laughs> and yeah, like you've, you've gone from uh, GameSpot, right, where you were doing... You know, like I said, right, like news, reviews, all this stuff and wearing all these different hats. Now focusing on Final Fantasy 14 on Fanebyte. And I've told you congratulations off camera and plenty of times. But again, congratulations on that move because, you know, even at GameSpot, on, I mean, on this channel, right, you've like sung the praises of Final Fantasy 14. Those was the games cast where you came through and talked about Final Fantasy 14 for a while and talked about why people should get into that game. But yeah, like that is a big move and it's, it's an awesome move. And to see you be able to focus on Final Fantasy 14 and like try and lead the charge in terms of, you know, turning Fanbyte into the, the, the spot people can go to for Final Fantasy 14 content. That's a really cool thing right there. And also like in terms of t- talking about Cloud again, I should mention that you're also my roommate for people hey. who that we live in the same apartment so i can kind of hear you on the other side of the wall <laughs> as you're talking and of course it's going to throw us off a little bit but we're professionals and so we're going to keep it moving before we keep it moving into the actual show though i would do want to ask you because we don't i don't have any news stories specific to final fantasy 14 because i'm not necessarily a part of that world but i do know that we just got some final fantasy 14 patch notes right yes. final fantasy 14 is, is, is popping with content i believe it's about to be popping even more soon what's the latest in final fantasy 14 so, Endwalker, the new expansion is dropping on Friday for those who have early access, and late last night, Square Enix decided to release the official patch 6.0 and Endwalker patch notes, and holy shit, that thing is long. It details almost almost everything that's going to change in the game, and a lot of it has been outlined in uh, previous uh, presentations, such as the live letter from the producer, which is the, the dev live stream where they uh, outline a bunch of, in detail, a bunch of uh, new stuff coming to the game. And FanFest earlier this year, if y'all were paying, uh, if y'all pay attention to that sort of thing, uh, where they intro the entire expansion and some of the big things that are going on. Uh, why is Tamar Hussein calling me? I'm getting a call from one Maybe Tamar answer. Hussein. He wants All to right, see someone on the show. Answer, right. answer. Put him on speaker. Oi, mate. <laughs> so. Put, put him on speaker. Tell him he's on live. All right, hold on, hold on. Uh, don't say anything. Well, actually, you could say something, Susio. 
Is he talking uh, to the camera? Uh, can you can you not uh, hear him? The gate, the gate, the gate. Oh uh, no! Oh no! This is gonna. This is poor. This is not. This is not gonna play on on podcast. Okay. I'm on KFGD, dog. He knows you're on KFGD. He has to know. Uh, I heard him say, "Oh." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, ho, 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 oh yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's oh, go. Man, we can't Wait, hear what's he saying? What's he saying? Let's do that. Let's do that. I'll, I'll inform you. Oh, oh, this is gonna be something good. He's gonna say he he has something to say. I can tell. Wait, what? Say say, say say something. Wait, what? What the? Okay, and, and, Tam, I'll call he, you back. He, he hung up. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Everybody. We had him for a second. We had him for a second. Sorry about that. Let, let me let me let me let me pick it back up. But anyway, wait, what was he saying? He said, um, wow, can I say this uh, publicly? I mean, if it's not public, don't tell us. But if it's public, mm. if it's something juicy. It's something juicy. I don't think I could say, uh, okay. say it yet. So, Just DM it to me. DM it to me. Listen, uh, so hit video game website, gamespot.com. Hit video game website, fanbyte.com. You know, we out here thriving. Uh, but let me pick it back up. Uh, long story short, whole bunch of patch notes, a lot of things changing in Final Fantasy XIV. Outline there. Uh, you got pictures of new enemies, pictures of new zones. Uh, you got fucking housing changes. You got belts. You remove all your belts. Uh, it's it's a it's a lot going on. So uh, yeah, we're covering it over on um, over on all your belts. Yeah, dog, no more belts. They've uh, they actually they have. I wrote a story about this at three a.m. That there's an there's in-game lore for why there's no more belts. Is that tailors in the world of Final Fantasy fourteen have figured out a way to make pants that uh, that don't require belts and they can just stay on your waist without them. The number one thing before we move on is that. Belts are important because I got no booty meat. If you got booty meat, you can wear you wear pants without belts. Mm-hmm. It's fine. So my assumption is that everyone got wild booty meat in Final Fantasy fourteen. So shouts out to you Butt heard Slappers. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. Naoki Yoshida, thank you for listening to me. You can check out an interview I did last year with Naoki Yoshida, the director. I said, listen, we need fat asses in in Final Fantasy fourteen. I hope they're listening to me because I want that booty meat because I ain't got none in real life. So go go check out fanbyte.com if you're looking for that Final Fantasy 14 content, all from the latest guides and the latest tips and tricks to do the do the Final Fantasy 14 characters need booty meat. Go check that out. But for now, Michael, let's talk about today's stories, which include a Solar Ash review roundup, Metroid Dreads developers' next game, and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show Housekeeping for you, uh, there's a new Kind of Funny Games cast that is up right now featuring me, Tim Geddes, and a special guest, Sancho West. Uh, it is me giving my review of Solar Ash. Uh, it is us talking about Halo Esports, and it's me and Sancho going on a long tangent about Last of Us Factions and what we want that to be. It's a must-listen episode that's available over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. You know what's interesting right now is that I am talking so loud that I hear my echo through Michael's uh, no, microphone. I think, that, I think partially I got to talk to Michael about lowering his gain. Your gain, Michael, might be a little oh, no. high. I think, I think if you unplugged it. Okay. Gains. Gains. Hello. Hi. Is this any better? Yeah, go a little better. lower still. Go a little lower. A little still, lower? Still. All right, all right, all right. Go lower, 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 can lower, you lower. Uh, can you go lower, down lower? Low? Let me right there. Let me all the way. You. Okay. okay. Hi. Or, or bless you. I guess you should say something to see if my. Oh, well, you sound better. You do sound better. Yeah, you you sound way better. better. It was just okay. you, your gain was just way like I think. Did you disconnect your mic and reconnect it? Because it no, I, I I boosted my get my gain toggle when Tam called me. <laughs> got it. Got yeah. it. Got yeah. it. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got too many gains. You know, hey, vibes. Never enough gains. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress, DraftKings, and Liquid IV, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen! 
Starting with our number one, we got a Solar Ash review roundup. Like I said earlier on Gamescast, I gave my full review of Solar Ash. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear us talk quite a bit about it, as I believe Andy's been playing it as well, and I'm sure he'll give his impressions at some point. But before I get into what the review roundup is, Michael, do you have any interest in Solar Ash? D- did you see this game? Is this your jam at all? Absolutely. I need uh, to talk to you all about Hyperlight Drifter real quick. So mm. from Heart Machine, Hyperlight Drifter means a lot to me. Uh, especially in this new phase of my life uh, in which I uh, was diagnosed with congenital heart disease. And so Alex Preston, who is the uh, the, the director and creator, um, who's more or less heart machine, uh, was uh, the creative mind behind Hyperlight Drifter. And this is the follow-up, not a sequel, but it's a follow-up. And like, I think, I think their work is, uh, is, is incredible. Like Hyperlight Drifter hit very hard. And when I found out about uh, Preston's story and dealing with congenital heart disease, I think it, now that I've kind of gone through that myself, uh, that, that game hit different. Now, now I reflect on what happened in uh, Hyperlight Drifter and like it made an impact then and it means something completely different now. So I think that they're like, I haven't, uh, so, so Funk AF Fanbyte, uh, they reviewed it for, for us. Um, so I didn't get hands on with it yet, but this is something that's uh, very exciting to me because of that reputation coming from Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, the reviews are, reviews are out and we'll, we'll talk about that, but regardless, I need to see this game for myself and kind of dig into, uh, what, what it's about because this is, uh. This this can be uh, oh it seems like this can be as impactful as Hyperlight Drifter was about f- oh five years ago oh my god five yeah. years ago one of the things one of the things I mentioned uh, during our review was if this is a game that you've been following and that you watch a trailer and, you, and you're you're in the camp of oh I I want to play this I gotta play this my suggestion is hey check it out because I think it is going to be good for so many people my takeaway overall was. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, not great necessarily, and we'll get into it with the review roundup. In fact, I'll get into it now, right? I'm going to start off with Cam Shea over at IGN. Um, IGN gave it a 7 out of 10. I guess I should preface with on Metacritic, it is currently sitting at a 75 overall. But IGN gave it a 7 out of 10, and Cam Shea had this to say. Solar Ash took me a little over 7 hours to beat on normal difficulty, and while some of the anomalies and bosses were less entertaining than others, and there were moments of frustration with the controls, this was a world I enjoyed spending time in. This game may take place in a ruinous void, but its clean yet vibrant visual design is full of life, as is the story that ultimately gives Ray's journey meaning. Tom Ori at VG247 gave it 3 out of 5 stars and says, Solar Ash deserves props for its world design, the fluidity of movement when you're in the groove, and the sense of scale on display. So it's somewhat painful to be down on it to the degree that I am. It's not far from being a bit special, the kind of indie gem that everyone has to play, but it's unfortunately just not quite there. There's still a great deal of fun to be had here, and your mileage with the mechanics might be better, but for me, Solar Ash is so focused on delivering flow, it forgot that you don't want to go down or go on the same walk every day. And then Austin Wood at GamesRadar gave it 4.5 out of 5 stars and says, I signed up for Solar Ash, the second game from Hyperlight Drifter developer Heart Machine, looking to skate elegantly on the clouds of a beautiful world, and that's exactly what I got. It's a third-person platformer that pushes its core skating mechanic to its technical and creative limits, and the result is a sublime chorus of double jumps, grind rails, bounce pads, collectibles, and momentum. What I didn't expect was for the rapper on on that straightforward idea to be so heavy and memorable. I didn't anticipate so many pitiable, endearing, and even charming characters ruminating fatalistically in a melancholic uh, world sculpted from loss or uh, for for that world's plight to hit so close to home. Solar Ash is simultaneously exactly what I was hoping for and also full of surprises. And it's one of my favorite games of the year. And I'm going to add one more uh, from Funke over on over at Fanbyte since we got Michael's Fanbyte over here. Funke had this to say. Quote, from its larger-than-life score to its medley of planets and explorable biomes, it takes, it takes large leaps to tell a story of destruction and coping. After completing it, I felt a deep loss, one that sticks with me and makes me want to push uh, hard toward a brighter future with a newfound urgency. Michael, after seeing these reviews, what does that do for you and your anticipation? I think that w- this this tells me that Solar Ash brings what I'm looking for. Mm. So uh, for me, I think the most uh, what I've learned over the years is that the most important thing in a video game for me is one is uh, like an incredible soundtrack or uh, an incredible story. Like I think that games have a lot of things to say. It, it could be a powerful medium to tell stories and it can impact uh, people in various ways. So um, 
there will like there some of my favorite games have mechanical frustrations or have like repetitive mechanics that might not be fun all the time like my current game of the year is near replicant and the thing about near replicant is that you have to go through the motions several times in that game uh, and the combat's great but to a point um, but the repetition is for it serves a narrative purpose and a very powerful narrative purpose so um and like that will impact people's perception of a game in different ways, right? So you see folks like Tom Mori from VG247 and Cam Shea at IGN, how they're, they they kind of speak to the gameplay elements not really clicking with them. And then you have someone like Austin Woods, like, yo, and, and Funke as well, who are both like, yo, this game is wild and it's something unique and that has a lot of value. So I think that's where I lean towards, uh, sort of those elements really speak to me and of course like what i said earlier about hyperlight drifter this is just something i have to see through regardless of whether the reviews were were okay good or great it's something that i have to experience for myself so i am hyped up yeah like overall i, I would say this is based on uh, my playing the game right i would say that this is where i expected it to land uh, in terms of the overall metacritic being at around a 75 you know i think that kind of speaks to hey this is a it's a solid game like this is a it, this is a good game that I think hits the level of speaking to different people in different ways. We, I feel like we got to find a word for it, like for this kind of uh, genre of game, because I, I, I look at something like we'll talk about Ghost Runner a, bit, a little bit later in the show, but games like Ghost Runner, Katana Zero and other games, I would say are kind of like Hotline Miami likes, right? Like there's not a really, really a clean turn, but like those fast action games that hinge on like reflexes and getting hit once on all these things. I feel like Solar Ash fits within another genre that's becoming more and more uh, popular in the indie space. And it is that, pathless it is the like the more the game that's more about the vibes and is more about the experiential i'm going to explore a contained world and i'm going to just solve puzzles and try beat the boss right like I, there i think there's something very specific about the formula of this game that connects it to the pathless that'll connect it to something like pray for the gods and then also connect it back to things like shadow colossus and eco and even the last guardian and i think that i think with those games like all the games i just mentioned is those are games that speak to people in very different ways i whenever i talk about shadow colossus i always see a wave of folks being like i don't understand what it is with this game that people love love, love so much right like the game the world is empty like the like the gameplay can be janky et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right and like you can say that the same things about you know again like all those team eco games you can say the same thing maybe about the pathless even in terms of i mean what are you doing in the open world aside from just being in it and solving puzzles and all these things but like for somebody like me i'm like dude that is that is the game, right? That is what I thrive off of. That is where the enjoyment comes, is doing that scan, seeing what the next thing I want to go do is, doing that thing and feeling like I am just in the flow of this world, this constant state of flow. Solar Ash, I think, does that. And for that, what it's doing aesthetically in terms of what the story is and in terms of what the world is, is going to speak to different people in different ways. For me, it didn't It didn't hit as hard. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday, I mentioned this on the Gamescast that went up uh, today, that the the story i didn't care about necessarily until the end by the time i got to the end i was like oh okay okay cool i see where you're going here and this is cool but it took all the way until the end <clears throat> until i actually got there and i if if i was more invested in the world and, and i cared more about the world in the story of the world and what was going on in the world earlier on i could have seen myself landing where Funke is in their review, right? I could have seen myself landing in a place where, oh yeah, like I wish this, this, and this was better, but man, the story is impactful. You know, I think that would have maybe pushed over the edge for me, but for where I landed with, with Solar Ash, everything was a solid, you did good, but I wish there was a thing or a few things that felt like they did great. Um, like I still, I still look back at something like the Pathless as, okay, you guys have a lot of similar mechanics, a lot of similar mess up, but I mean, both games are games where you are this character that is stepping into a ruined world and you're trying to restore life into the world. And I still look at Pathless as being, well, you did everything better. Like I, I booted up yeah. just as like a reminder. I was like, am I really like, the, do, do these comparisons really stick or not? And after booting up the Pathless uh, again, this last week, I was like, yeah, no, like this game it looks better. It, it flows better. I like the traversal better. Like I care more about the things that are going on in this world. And, you know, maybe if aesthetically the pathless isn't for some people, Solar Ash might be the thing that, that is actually for those people. I think it might be one of those ones. Sick. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I like these kind of action exploration games where, uh, I mean, it, maybe it's not going to hit for everyone because at the end of the day, 
it's up to you to extract it's oftentimes it's, it's up to you to extract the meaning out of it so um yeah you're gonna get varied reviews such as this and varied accounts but uh yeah shouts yeah. out the heart machine though for for doing a follow-up at all i'm glad these kinds of games exist really uh oh and, yeah and shouts out to the name heart machine because uh i'm assuming that that's a reference to having a mechanical heart valve and i can hear it right now pumping in in my body right now it's uh wait Oh, hey, so Heart Machine, the the lead there, he also has the same. Heart I think so. Again. Yeah, yeah. So oh, mechanical wow, heart cool. valve is like, yo, we on some Deus Ex shit over here. Like, I, I'm Adam Adam Jensen, man. One body part at a time is being replaced with machines with mechanics. So, this, uh, I mean, since you bring it up, I want to talk about it real quick because I'm sure most yeah. of the audience just isn't aware and doesn't know. Like, you went through a surgery very recently, like a month or so ago, actually. Yeah, yo, uh, heart like, surgery. Like, what's the story behind that? Yo, so about a month and a half ago, uh, I had open heart surgery uh, earlier this year. Yo, so after after E3, I so I did E3. One of the few people was doing it. Millions of people watching, uh, clapping with Greg and Golden Boy, and so many great folks. Uh, and then I went to the hospital for something else. And then the doctors detected that I had a congenital heart disease that I didn't know about. Um, and congen congenital heart disease, at least for me, was that I had uh, an, a very inefficient uh, heart valve. So. Blood wasn't pumping properly throughout my body, and those things can be very dangerous. So you can you could live your life with it and be somewhat fine, or it can cut your life very short. We'll never know. I'll never know, and I hope to never know uh, mm -hmm. what that was. But they're like, yo, you need to take care of this within a year at most. Uh, so I scheduled that for the middle of October, and it happened. It was very difficult. Uh, that shit is very hard because one, you're getting chopped open. They cut your chest open. They saw down a bone. They rip out a piece of your heart. They put in a, a piece of machinery and they sew you back up and you have to recover. And it's been about a month and a half. And I think I'm getting close to 100%. Uh, it's very difficult, but I mean, I, it's one of those, I never get too high, never get too low. When I, when I was told back in July, they're like, hey, you're going to need heart surgery. I was just like, uh, all right, that, that's, I'll be yeah. honest. I'll be all right. Uh, I was like, this is, this is going to be a layup. It was not a layup, but uh, yeah, yeah. Like once it got and, closer, like I was starting to get, I was starting to get nervous for you. Cause like, oh. you know, I've, I've living with you. I've gotten to see you go through this roller coaster of a year where yeah. Yeah, like you, like you hit E3, you're hosting E3. It was fucking dope as fuck. And then you get back and then, yeah, like a month later, you go like we have like a, a like an emergency situation where it's like cool i gotta get mike to the hospital <laughs> like this, yeah. like shit is not going good right now and that got solved but yeah that then turned into oh shit while i'm here i figured out that i have this heart condition and you know like we were, we were, we'd be talking about it in the kitchen and like yeah. you tell me about the, what the process is and like internally i'm just like damn that sounds wild that sounds <laughs> serious like they're gonna have to like do shit to your heart and yeah. like you know, you do, it, 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 it comes with a cool story of like you um, mentioning that, like, you know, you have the choice between uh, like a pig valve or the yeah. uh, like basically getting like a mechanical valve, like Adam yeah. Jensen type shit. Yep. And you went with Adam Jensen shit. And like when I heard that, I was like, oh, let's fucking go. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got some augmentations in you. But <laughs> I, know, I never asked for a, this. You've had a year from doing that, like doing both those hospital trips and then also yeah. like going to fan bite. Like it's been. It's, all over the place i know it's like the highest highs the lowest lows it's 2021 is fucking wild oh my god what a year holy shit yeah, yeah. and uh um so but also like shouts out to you because uh bless you've seen me at my best and you have seen me literally <laughs> at my worst like worse than my my mom and i'm glad that my mom w wasn't around to to see me how how down bad I was uh, and she trips about everything like Asian parents are gonna fucking trip out about everything uh so uh when she found out she like had a big breakdown I'm like yo you are tripping more about this than I am and I'm going through it so uh but yeah shouts out to you man for uh helping take care of me it means a lot because uh, if I was living by myself yo <laughs> that shit would have been Ooh. yeah yeah of course man Yep. Well, on the same topic of human and machines combining, a, a big segue here. Story number two, Metroid Dread's developer is working on a dark fantasy RPG. This is Jared Moore at IGN. And before you correct me, I know that's not accurate. I know Samus isn't a machine, but hey, I had to get there somehow. Uh, the article reads like this. Metroid Dread developer Mercury Steam is currently working on a third-person action RPG that will be set in a dark fantasy world and has partnered with Control Publisher 505 Games to make it. 
505's parent company, Digital Bros, released a press release announcing that Mercury Steam's next game is codenamed Project Iron, a third-person action RPG set for release on PC and consoles. While the company hasn't commented on a potential release window for the game, it does note that the project's initial investment amounts to 27 million euros, or around $30 million. Elsewhere in the announcement, it is stated that Project Iron's IP is co-owned by Mercury Steam and Digital Bros. While very few details have emerged about the project so far, it looks like it should be in, the, in safe hands given Mercury Steam's wealth of experience. Prior to developing Metroid Dread, the company also worked on titles such as Metroid Samus Returns and Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Quote, we are thrilled to work with the team at Mercury Steam, a proven studio that over the years has created numerous phenomenal IPs, including the, the recent hit release Metroid Dread in partnership with Nintendo, explained co-CEOs of Digital Bros, uh, group, well, Digital Bros Group Rafi and Rami Gallant. They continue, with Mercury Steam's creative vision and talent in 505 Games' extensive experience, gamers can expect a high-quality, captivating, and engaging video game. End quote. Michael, did you get to check out Metroid Dread? I sure did. And damn, that is a that is a good ass game. Um, it is hard too. like mm. usually uh, I well, I don't want to say I I, I, uh, I shy away from these kinds of games because I'm a real ass gamer. Uh, but uh, I love I love Metroid Metroid Prime one, two and three corruption are some of my favorite game they're they're up there with some of my favorite games of all time uh the 2d metroid <laughs> i was about to yo i was about to call uh metroid dread a metroidvania damn i would have got flamed for that for good reason <laughs> um but yeah metroid dread was i wouldn't say it was a surprise because uh i also played samus returns on 3ds and they really had they really nailed down recreating what metroid 2 was for a, a more modern sense even though it was a, a late 3ds game it was still very much like okay like you they really nailed the feel of a 2d metroid which is timeless like there's a reason why so many independent games follow the metroid uh, and castlevania style of gameplays because it's tried and true and it's tested and it's great if they can nail it so mercury steam has that history as you had mentioned and yeah metroid dread is is really it's what it's going to be in many game of the year conversations and i'm sure y'all have talked about that in various forms so this new project though this being a third person action rpg um i guess if you account for samus returns and dread they are kind of going back to like castlevania lords of shadow they're, they're I, it feels like they're going to try to go for that that 3d uh that 3D third-person action game again. Mm -hmm. And so maybe with this kind of experience and doing something, um, like Metroid Dread is a high-profile game, so maybe uh, they can like kind of step up to the plate to be in the presence of other th big third-person action games. And uh, yeah, whatever Project Iron ends up being, I think a lot, of, a lot more people now have their eyes set on this. Like, this is news for a reason now. It's because Mercury Steam out here uh, putting out some bangers and with much Metroid Dread being probably being their most high profile banger. The only thing I'll say is that Mercury Steam uh, credit the developers who work on uh, every developer who works on these games. Mm. I'm just saying. Agreed. And yeah, like I think this is I mean, it's big news, right? Just because these guys are the, the these are folks that are work that have worked on what is now a game of their contender for what it what will probably be many outlets, right? Like it is in there for the game game awards, game of the year, uh nominees, and I'm sure for plenty of people, the conversations are gonna be around Metroid Dread and having having put out that quality, I'm super curious and and I'm I'm wondering what their next project is really going to be, right? Because like third person action game, that can mean many of things, right? Third person action RPG can mean many of things. I feel like that is half of the of the the action games that come out nowadays are in some yeah. form like an act, open world action RPG of some some sort, some kind. Um I wonder I wonder how they're gonna be able to translate that, right? Translate what they've done with um the Metroid games in the last last what, like six, five years at this point. Um because like before Metroid, well in the last few years, one of their games has been Space Lords. I don't know much about Space Lords. I believe that is like a free-to-play game. Might be a shooter. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong. But before that, yeah, you mentioned Castlevania Lords of Shadow. And the last one of those that came out was in 2014. And so it's been a while since they put out something like that. And I wonder, I wonder for them if their idea for this next game is going to be returning to that kind of structure or if it is going to be, hey, we're now that we're off of Metroid Dread, we want to work on something big and new and expansive and we want to actually go for it i wonder what that's going to be yep. but for now let me tell let me tell you about about uh patreon.com slash kind of funny games i had a brain fart for a second i was like where do they go to get the show ad free it is patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors 
This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Did you know that colder weather makes it easier to miss the classic signs of dehydration like overheating and perspiration? That's why, even though it's colder out, it's more important than ever to keep your body properly hydrated. Luckily, Liquid IV makes hydration easier than ever. I love Liquid IV. Uh, there's been a ton of mornings where I'm waking up not feeling that great. Then, boom, you pour some of this in the water. Next thing you know, you're hydrated. Uh, Liquid IV is not an actual IV drip but it does hydrate you faster and more efficiently than plain old water. But that's because Liquid IV uses cellular transport technology, which is a very fancy way of saying it contains the perfect balance of vitamins to help you hydrate quicker. Grab your favorite Liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code KFGD at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code KFGD. FGD at liquidiv.com. Next up, shout out to Purple. There's no gift better than the gift of a great night's sleep. Give yourself the gift of the best of the best, a Purple mattress. I have so many glowing things to say about purple. You guys have heard it for years. The pillow changed my life because guess what? There is no hot side. You never need to flip it to the cold side because they're both cold sides. It's fantastic. Purple mattresses are the best because they're the only ones around with the gel flex grid. That's what makes all that flipping possible. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points, supports and cushions you in all the right places and doesn't retain heat. Oh, and I love that. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress go to purple.com slash games 10 and use code games 10 for a limited time you can get 10 percent off any order of 200 or more that's purple.com slash games 10 code games 10 for 10 percent off any order of 200 or more purple.com slash games 10 promo code games 10 terms apply and finally shout out to DraftKings NFL fans the fantasy football season doesn't just start in September every week is a new shot to win big cash prizes at DraftKings the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL and this week new customers can play free for millions with their first deposit don't sit on the sidelines get in the game playing daily fantasy football is simple just pick your lineup of NFL stars while staying under the salary cap and score enough points to bring home cash and with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes you'll feel the nfl action like never before DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want download the DraftKings app now and use promo code kind of funny to play free for millions that's right enter promo code kind of funny to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit do not miss out download DraftKings and play with the official daily fantasy partner of the nfl there's a minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details one thing i want to mention that i don't think i've mentioned on a show yet is that over uh, what was the last week god time moves slow and fast uh late last week during thanksgiving we did go to kevin's place and i do want to give a shout out and an apology to kevin because the reason the, the reason i went to kevin's place of course was it was first brought up when we were talking about turkey on one of these shows and i was like yeah, yeah turkey yeah, yeah. sucks I, I think i said thanksgiving food sucks and here's the thing bless bless i want to be absolutely clear my turkey mm-hmm. game was not on point I okay. turkey was a re- yeah look I, look the turkey was fine but i didn't i didn't offer you any of the 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 dark meat because uh. the turkey legs we're still a little raw because I got some some people were rushing me in the in the kitchen. They were like, my mom's was like, that turkey's done. I'm like, mom, I don't know about that. I don't know. About that. Speak so on I, it. See that, yeah, I, I'll take I'll take that clarification because yeah. I was going to say that, like, my complaint about turkey specifically is that turkey is always dry. I like to, that's one of the main reasons I don't like turkey. And your turkey was not dry. Your turkey was not dry. I will say that, like, it didn't necessarily save turkey for me. Like, I did. I was preferring the, 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 uh, what was the other meat? Was it steak? Yeah, Yeah, it's uh, beef. Beef. The beef. Yeah, the the beef I was preferring. But I will say that the turkey, one of the better turkeys I've had. One of the better turkeys I've had. That's what I'll give you. Yeah, definitely. Give it up. Give it up for Kevin's meat. Give it up for Kevin's meat. Yeah, you gotta love Kevin's meat. Kevin's meat. Gotta appreciate Kevin's meat. I've heard good things about it. 
Story number three, uh, there's a new U.S. bill that could ban the use of console scalper bots. This is Chris Scullion at Video Games Chronicle. A group of U.S. Democrats have introduced a new bill in the hope that it will ban the use of bots to scalp high-value items, including video game consoles. The, quote, Stopping Grinch Bots Act is being introduced by Representative Paul Tonko, Senator Richard Blumenthal, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, and Senator Ben Ray Lujan, and is designed to crack down on bot technology. Bots work by automatically notifying users when high-value items come in stock at retailers before circumventing any wait times, adding items to their cart, and then completing the checkout process, giving users a high advantage over regular consumers. These kinds of tools aren't new. Collectors of sneakers and tickets sometimes use automated tools for identifying restocks. However, gaming's uh, sharp rise in popularity during the pandemic has reportedly seen bots specifically uh, used to target consoles. It's hoped that the new bill will be signed into law, as was the Better Online Ticket Sales Act, which was introduced by Tonko, Blumenthal, and Schumer in 2016 to make it illegal to use bots to buy event tickets. The new legislation, if passed, would apply a similar ban to online retail sites, making it Ill illegal to use bots to buy up stock as soon as it's made available. Quote, at a time when families should be able to spend time with their loved ones, digital Grinch bots are, are forcing Americans to scour online sites in the hope of finding an affordable gift for paying exorbitant prices for a single toy, Tonk said, or Tonko said in a statement. Quote, these bots don't just squeeze consumers, they pose a problem for small businesses, local retailers, and other entrepreneurs trying to ensure they have the best item in stock for their customers, end quote. Other countries have been attempting to stop scalping in recent years. A bill called the Gaming Hardware Bill uh, was brought forward in the UK Parliament earlier this year, but it's not yet clear whether it'll become a law. Sony claimed in July that PS5 had become its fastest-selling console uh, ever after topping 10 million uh, sales globally just under a month faster than the PS4 managed. However, it has since fallen behind the sales pace of its predecessor, partly due to supply constraints. Michael, does this strike you as good news? I think it's uh, it's it's okay news. The thing is, like, I don't know if I don't. So I don't know if Congress is particularly equipped to to solve this sort of problem. But honestly, they're doing something. And who else uh, are we gonna turn to? Because I I ain't gonna trust no like private technology to be like trying to take care of this this sort of this sort of thing. But. Man, listen, I've been in the adjacent to the sneaker game for a very long time. So when this stuff started happening in consoles, I was like, oh, first time here? Because, uh, mm -hmm. damn, back in the late 2000s when you were trying to get some Yeezys, oh, boy, <laughs> that shit was, that shit was, that ain't, that ain't it. That is, that is a pain in the ass. Uh, we used to do raffles out in the street uh, in front of our, our shoe stores, but uh, now we can do that. Now we do that shit online. But <laughs> I like how they call them Grinch bots. Um, that's the first time I heard that. I don't know if I'm washed up or anything, but like Grinch bots. That's, that's the first time I heard it. Too. <laughs> it's accurate though, right? Like yeah. it, it ruins the holidays. <laughs> um, the the thing is, like, like I feel like something has to be done because you see you see stories out here about like dudes hoarding hundreds of PS5s and then slanging that shit on eBay or like mm -hmm. through private means, and like that's that's a wild dickhead move. And it's it's kind of like yeah, that's that's. I mean, you can do that if you, if you can pull it off, but also like fuck you uh, at the same time. You know, sell, buying a five hundred dollar console, selling it for like eight hundred, a thousand bucks, especially when it's like, oh, I know people like that's that's like that shit dates all the way back to the beginning of civilization. Like that's that, that's just economics, but also like that that's that's kind of fucked up. So, but, but I, mean, it, I mean, I feel like it sucks that they use these computers because like it was cool when like fucking dude waited in line with five of his friends to take up the spots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that yeah, was that was more earned. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, like we've all done that hustle. But like yeah. this fucking sucks. Where it's like some dude with fifteen computers that are all running a program. Yeah. They can snatch them all up, and the fucking yeah. captcha isn't doing yeah. it. We need Damn. someone yeah. to Kevin's, fix this. Kevin's got some strong feelings about this. <laughs> yeah, and like I and I think I mean I, I I agree with that, right? I think the bots are the thing that kind of ruined this whole process when it is. You know, one person snatches up 50 PS5s just to sell them for however many hundreds of dollars more than um, they're actually the, what the actual MSRP is. Uh, I, yeah, I'm with you, Mike. That Michael, that this is like 
it's okay news. I do like that there is regulation. I think you need some kind of regulation when it comes to this thing because it's become a problem, right? It's become a thing that is affecting everybody because people aren't able to get their hands on the next-gen system. And so somebody has to step in. The fact that it's Congress makes me go, oh, all right, well, I guess. Because, yeah, who else is going to step in? It's not going to be the stores and the retailers because, like, they're getting their money either way. They don't yeah. really – don't. That, nothing <laughs> really is – uh, making them go shit. We could we should do something about this. Like nothing else. And so who who is gonna step in? It could be like a third party, like tech company, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, if somebody if somebody gives them the money or gives them the the reasoning or resources to do it. But I think with that, like who's gonna do that? I think it kind of does have that 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 kind of does fall back on the government to some extent, which makes me shiver a little bit. Makes me go, oh, I don't I don't know how I feel about that, but. It is a step toward regulation, which I like because people should be able to get their hands on the things that people should be able to get their hands on without worry that they're not going to be able to do it because there's somebody out there with 50 computers or like fit like a, like a stack of CPUs taped together that yeah, are buying these things in the hundreds. Yeah, servers that are just doing the, doing the work and snatching all these things up. Like that sucks. That really sucks. Next news story, story number four, Ghost Runner Project Hell DLC has been officially announced for a 2022 release. Uh, Kevin, I have a trailer that you can play as I read through the news story. In fact, I should copy and paste to see who actually wrote this news story because I did not include it in the thing. But that should be a quick poll because I believe I got it from IGN and the writer was Cat Bailey. There we go. We did it pretty, hey. pretty quickly. Article reads like this. Ghost Runner will be releasing a major new DLC expansion in early 2022, IGN can exclusively reveal. After teasing it as the ultimate DLC last week, Ghost Runner's developers uh, took the wraps off the new content today, revealing that it is a story-driven expansion featuring a major character from the core game. Titled Project Hell, the new DLC will put you in the shoes of Hell, one of the original game's trickiest bosses. In, in the Project Hell DLC, she will be a combat-oriented character designed to appeal to, quote, new players and veterans, and will feature her own ability progression system. Project Hell's story will span six missions following Hell as she descends Dharma Tower. It will also include new enemies, bosses, and six new tracks from electro electronic musician Daniel Deluxe. It was, original, it was originally planned as a smaller piece of DLC, but eventually grew into a, quote, full-blown ghost, ghost Runner experience, end quote. Project Hell will cost $14.99, that's US dollars, and will release on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X slash S, Nintendo Switch, Amazon Luna, and PC on January 27th. Michael, is Ghost Runner ever, ever your jam? Ghost Runner was dope, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, like, the, I played it at PAX, and so I'd, I'd, I'd seen it, and I'm like, well, how, how's this actually gonna play? Is it gonna feel as good as it looks? Played it at PAX, and I was like, oh, they got something special here, because this game, like especially first person games, like first person platforming is extremely hard to nail down. I think like a lot, maybe like since uh, since Mirror's Edge, I think maybe the, like there's other games that have kind of chased that sort of vibe. Uh, and Mirror's Edge was, was incredible because it nailed first person platforming, which is very hard. Uh, so Ghost Runner like did that as well with with a lot of parkour elements, but the degree of difficulty and the level of frustration you have to go through to accomplish to actually finish missions in Ghost Runner is both it's like it's like a double-edged sword uh right because i'm playing it and i'm banging my head against the wall and i'm like damn this shit is so hard uh why are there not more checkpoints why am i getting like why is it only one hit kills but once you figure out it's once you figure out how to get past all that it's almost like putting together a puzzle like a hotline Miami where yeah. uh, like the stakes are high. It's, it's one hit kills and you got to get through this whole thing in one shot. Um, and I think the, for this, like nailing the feel of what it's like to slice through enemies, what it's like to wall jump, what it's like to connect jumps uh, together and what it's like to slide through different uh, various paths within a, a single mission is like, it's it's a really solid experience, and I like games that focus in on just a few things and do them extremely well. And Ghost Runner is definitely one of those. Yeah. So, uh, like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be into it because uh, I just don't know if I uh, at the time if I had the patience for it. But you give it enough time, things start to click, and you kind of see the ways in which the game challenges you. So, the fact that it's getting more content, uh, especially like for like fifteen bucks, I mean, Ghost Runner was pretty short. Um, like if you figure it out fast enough, it's like, oh, I can run through this in a couple of hours. And I assume that this being uh, being a DLC, maybe it'll also it's also probably going to be a couple hours. But I mean, I feel like 
this kind of game, like that's enough time to spend with this kind of game. Like it doesn't need to be a very long experience. It's like impactful, get in, get out, uh, get the experience, know what it's like to the, to solve the, the the puzzle, quote unquote puzzle of all these missions, and then you'd be like, yo, that was that was a really good experience. So uh, Ghost Runner is intense. Uh, like folks, folks should at least give it a try. Um, so yeah, this is cool. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Ghost Runner, <clears throat> Ghost Runner was a super dope game, and I love those games that are focused in on. Hey, th- this is a this is an indie game that is all about momentum and all about traversal and all about platforming. And we're going to do these few things right, but because we do them so right, you're going to remember this as being a a fucking dope ass game. And I think Ghost Runner is one of those where it is about the straightforward running on walls, slashing slashing the shit, and just going quick um and like the sci-fi vibe right but like it's not a game that's necessarily focused on like the overall narrative it's not a game that's focused on like explorational and and or or any of that stuff it is very much hey you're going and you're slashing and it does that extremely well and it's such a fun game for it and it does fall into that category of yeah the hotline miami type games there's a game called severed steel that came out a few months ago that i'll put in that category as well in terms of the hey this is this is more about speed running than anything how fast can you finish this level how fast can you get to the end like how fast how, how much can you memorize the the positioning of each of the enemies and like what routes can you establish that you can take in order to get to the end faster like that stuff is super fun i love to see that ghost runner is getting the support it's been it's been it's been getting a lot of support seemingly like they they were um i believe acquired by i want to say epic kind of funny.com says you're wrong if i'm wrong about that and they talked about how they're going to you know maybe it was 505 i think it was 505 um either way like the publisher and the developer have been talking about how they're focusing in and they're going to make more ghost runner stuff i believe there's a sequel in the works as well and they're really pushing this game uh which is awesome because like it's a game that i like it's a game that you like it's a game that i know andy cortez really loves and uh you know i'm glad to see that like the people who uh, have, people have, who have attached themselves to ghost runner as fans and as audience get to look at this and go oh, oh this thing that feels very niche it's getting more support. Like it's getting a sequel. It's getting stuff that I can look forward to, which isn't isn't a thing that happens all the time. Like you never know when you're super into an indie game if it's going to get a sequel or not, or if it's going to get more content. And so for the fact that they're supporting Ghost Runner in this way, I think is really cool. Last news story, story number five. December's PlayStation Plus games have seemingly been confirmed by Sony. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. December 2021's PlayStation Plus games have seemingly been confirmed by Sony. As previously leaked, this month's PlayStation Plus titles look uh, look set to be Godfall Challenger Edition for PS5 and PS4, Mortal Shell for PS4, and Lego DC Supervillains for PS4. The games were reportedly listed briefly on, on the PlayStation's Spain and Germany Twitter accounts before being removed, suggesting the announcement was made too early. A promotional video for the official reveal also appears to have leaked. And so there you go, your PlayStation Plus games. Michael, do, do any of these speak to you? Are you into either Godfall, Mortal Shell, or the Lego DC games? Godfall. Oh my God. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not here to slander anybody. I'm not here to slander anything. I want to be, I want to be nice and positive here on a beautiful Wednesday morning, but Godfall. Ooh, man. I, I try that game and I stopped trying it. I'm going to say that much. Godfall was upsetting because I think there was enough there at the core that could have been something super dope, but it just lacked so much content. Cause I like, I like the art style of it. I liked how it looked uh i liked a lot of the combat stuff like the combat ideas that they had in it but like you start playing it and it's like where's the content why am i doing the same thing for every single mission like give me the content and they had a content drop recently like a few months ago but like you know i did it didn't have the wave of people coming in it doesn't seem like i don't see anybody talking about the new godfall content that just came out yeah it, it's also wild because it feels like godfall because it originally came out on pc and ps5 only and then I think like li- li- like the following was it uh, a couple months later, not a couple months later, but later down the road they're like, oh, we're gonna make a PS4 version. Hopefully that that'll bring more people on board. But I don't know. I think like Godfall at its core, it, I don't think it's it's necessarily there to like because there are a lot of games where they, they release and you're like, damn, they really nailed something here, but it's not quite doesn't feel like a full complete package. Maybe they down the road this can feel like a a complete thing. But I don't. I just don't know if like the the main conceits of Godfall are necessarily good enough to sustain, like to build upon, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the foundation is is very strong in that game. And like, I, I, I don't know. Like, if it's if it's if someone does enjoy, it, if someone's out there, like more power to y'all. But that's just like that's yeah. just how. I, I mean, feel. I'm somebody who I enjoy. I enjoy Godfall enough 
I wish I enjoyed it more, right? Yeah, and like, sure, yeah. I'm, and I'm probably more on the positive end on on Godfall than mm -hmm. uh, most people. And even I'm like, man, this needs so much more. Like, I started it during launch, and I was just like, oh man, I, this needs way more. And then later on in the spring, I had time, so I just went back and I finished it. And when I finished it in spring, I was like, man, why couldn't this have more and better content? Like, why wasn't there like a good story here? Was like, why is there so much that feels like it's missing out yeah. of Godfall? I, I, I think, the, I think the main thing for me is that I want somebody to take. I think the concept of a quote-unquote looter slasher, which I feel like is, is kind of an eye really term, but like the idea of, hey, this is a melee hack-and-slash loot game where you are collecting weapons, you are collecting swords, you are collecting staffs and all that shit. Because that, I think that shit speaks to people, right? Like uh, the idea of a... <laughs> I was gonna say say the idea of a platinum game that's also a games and service is exciting, but then also uh, oh ba Babylon's <laughs> but then also Babylon's fall exists. <laughs> Babylon's fall exists and isn't as exciting. But oh. that was the fault with Babylon's fall is that they announced it and it wasn't that, and then seemingly it turned into that, and then looked worse than it I was need, when it announced. <laughs> I need everyone to understand how disappointed I was when uh, Babylon's Fall was fully revealed at E3 this year. I hyped that shit up. Greg invite Greg Dude, and Golden Boy. And yeah, Greg and Golden Boy invited me on stage before the Square Enix presentation said, yo, you're really excited for Babylon's Fall. How about you run up stage and hype hype it up? I'm like, okay, sure. And then oh, because it's it's like from a lot of the same folks that brought us one of the greatest games of all time, Near Automata. And then Next. you have a platinum game. That's the game as a service, which is what you uh, had mentioned, yeah. Wes. And you're like, yeah. no, not, not, not like this. <laughs> not like this. Not like, and, and that's my thing. Is somebody in chat mentioned Warframe, which I think is getting more yeah. toward what I'm talking about, right? Like a mm -hmm. fast action game that is about building a cool-ass like character, right? And Warframe, in that case, it is your Warframe, like your suit that you're building, which Godfall had similar ideas there in terms of building an armor plate. Yeah. But those ideas just weren't as... I think as well developed and and weren't supported by the actual content in the game. Um, whereas like Warframe is a game that you know started off in beta, took a little bit of time to get there, but then got there and has an audience and has a thriving fan base and has uh, continual updates. I believe Warframe is like uh, they've recently announced that they're uh, putting out their biggest content update yet. Um, I think more of those could exist because to me that is exciting. Um, yes. even, even as I talk right now, I want to boot Warframe back up for like the 18th time. I do this all the time where I boot up oh, Warframe because I Warframe's think so good. Warframe's so good, man. I, I want to boot up Warframe, I want to get into it, but the idea of me booting up Warframe is just so far away. Michael, if I want to know what's coming out to Mommy Grop shops today, where would I look? Uh, the, the, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Also, that, 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 that was the right, that was the right you gotta, thing. Right? Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. I was, I was concerned. I was concerned because I didn't prep you for it at all. So I was hoping you remember. <laughs> do, 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 out today we got world's end club for pc uh sorry world's end reminded me of, there's a movie called world's end right is that the at world's one? end yeah at world's That's end a, not great okay it's a lot great. of people are gonna fight that different from not. this is the end featuring michael Sarah, which i've heard is very good in fact one it's time really mike explained the plot to roger in a uber ride and then rented the movie and then watched it in in mute while explaining the plot there is a scene in that movie where Michael Sarah slaps Rihanna's ass, yes. and I recently saw like an interview where oh, it was either an interview TikTok. or just like an, a it, it was a TikTok, yeah, yeah. where somebody was some, where, where they were explaining how um, they couldn't get the shot right because like in the actual scene, like when they were shooting it, he wasn't actually slapping her ass, so it didn't look good, it didn't look right, and so Michael Sarah, so in the scene, Michael Sarah slaps her ass and then she slaps him in the face. Michael Sarah turned to Rihanna and was like, "Hey, if if you let me just actually do it." I'll let you just actually slap me in the face. That way we can get a good shot. And Rihanna was like, cool, let's do it. And I think that's the coolest thing. I don't know. Something about that made me go, oh, hell yeah. Like, good for both of them. Good for both of them. Uh, we also got MXGP 2021. That's out today for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC. Fight Night, but like Night spelled with a K. Not the oh, Fight Night that you're thinking oh. of. It is Fight Miss Fight Night, but there is Fight Night. We, we still got Fight Night in some form here. That seems not legal to me i don't know that, <laughs> that seems like a, a copyright claim name. <laughs> I, I, i'm sure ea doesn't know and if they knew they would do something about that that's out today for pc uh oddworld soulstorm enhanced edition is out today for ps5 ps4 xbox series x xbox one and pc prop night is out for pc evil genius 2 world domination is out for ps5 ps4 xbox series x and xbox one tank de la muerta is out for switch 
Uh, Mind Scanners is out for Switch. And then Buried Stars is out for PC. We got one new date for you. Jurassic World Evolution 2, the early Cretaceous pack is coming December 9th. Uh, deal of the day for you. Coming to Game Pass in December. Uh, we got on December 2nd, you're getting Anvil, Archvale, Final Fantasy 13 2, Lawn Mowing Simulator, Rubber Bandits, Stardew Valley, Warhammer 40, 40K. I, I find it funny that um, Final Fantasy 13, I think one was on Game Pass. And I'm sure some folks checked it out for that, but then went, ah, oh, fuck, I got, how am I going to play 2? Now you get to play 2. Final Fantasy XIII 2 is finally there. You get to continue the journey. Hopefully you get light, lightning return soon. Uh, on December 7th, you're getting Space Warlord Oregon Trading Simulator. December 8th, you're getting Halo. And I pulled this from Nival, and so apparently he wrote down John Halo, which I think is really funny. Um, December 9th, you're getting One Piece, PW4. And then on uh, December 14th, on Game Pass, you're getting Among Us. So there you go. A great month of Game Pass content. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. You write, you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, Arkwing writes in and says, just a clarification, the version of Godfall coming to PS Plus doesn't include the campaign. It only includes the end game content, but you can pay an upgrade fee to access the full game. I'm reading this as a kind of funny you're wrong. That doesn't sound right. There's no way that's true. That, I, there is. I'm not exactly sure how, how it works, but that is the case that the one that's on PS Plus is not like a full, complete edition of the game. It's like some kind of lighter version of it. So, ooh. Like a bad choice. People in chat right. are saying that is true. Wow. Yeah. 100% true. Like, that ain't it. <laughs> oh, that no. shocks me if that's the case. And I find it really hard to believe. But I like, guess we'll we'll yeah. leave it there. As chat, people in chat are telling me that it's true, which is wild. That is not a good look um, for a PS Plus game. That is wild. This week's hosts for the rest of the week are tomorrow. You're getting Tam and Tim for Tim Tam Thursday. On Friday, you're getting Janet and Rebecca Valentine from IGN. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is I'm opening up the calendar to see because I did not update this. After this. Is some Pokemon card unboxings uh, with Mike and Tim. Uh, and that yeah. is a sponsored stream, which is really exciting. Is it? On the calendar, it says it is, unless it's changed. Uh, all right. Maybe pack openings. look that's, out that's for that good. or look out for something else if something maybe, else is maybe. the stream. Either way, you can catch that stream later on YouTube.com slash plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>